Welcome to the Disruptor Series podcast, where we listen to and learn from the people who are disrupting business, culture, and life. Here's your host, Rob Schwartz, CEO of TBWA Shiat Day, New York. Great. Well, welcome, everybody. So glad you've joined us. We're here with Rudy Gaskins and Joan Baker, and they are the founders of the Society of Voice, Arts, and Sciences. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Rob, we told Will and Jada, we're first. <laughs> They're after us. That's right. <laughs> they are. I'm by choice. Away on that. <laughs> by choice. So, uh, excellent. Well, yeah, so this, uh, this Society of Voice, Arts, and Sciences, maybe just tell people, what is this thing? Wow. Mm. Well, it's, it's the latest nonprofit on one hand, but what's interesting is that we're focusing on an area of communication, which is voiceover acting, that no one has ever really zeroed in on. Yeah. And it's opened up a whole new world for us such that we're catching up with what we've created right. yeah. all the time. But voiceover actors, I mean, if you, if you were to take voice acting out of the equation of marketing mm. and entertainment, there'd be very little to hear. <laughs> right. And, uh, and when you look at it that way, you start recognizing that, well, wait a minute, there's this uh, this ether of voice acting that's out there mm. that runs a whole lot of stuff that impacts us in so many ways. On, we just, in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. But it's sort of like the air we breathe. Yeah. We don't think yeah. about it until we're suffocating. See, <laughs> until we're suffocating. It's the air we hear. Yeah. yeah. Like well, well, interestingly enough, I was just thinking, you know, looking at your stuff, hearing about you guys, I feel like there's a bit of a disruption happening, namely... Siri and mm. Alexa, uh, uh, animated content, like the proliferation of animated content, podcasts. Yes. yes. I mean, is voice intelligence? Yeah. yeah. I mean, is voice having its moment? I think it is. I mean, in some ways, voice has always been the key to, uh, you know, sort of moving things forward when you think of a Gandhi or Martin Luther King. Mm. Um, or, I mean, these people's voices literally right. ring in our ears. Uh, even someone uh, like uh, James Earl Jones mm. as, a, as a brand icon, his voice rings in your ears and this carries is CNN. extraordinary, yeah. extraordinary <laughs> right. truth. But the, uh, the voice from the standpoint of being uh, a tool of change in the world mm. is clearly the quickest way to it, in my opinion. And in that way, things like Siri are starting to show up as the quickest way to communicate with people. Mm. It's a lot easier than typing something in mm-hmm. or even having to think about what you want to ask when you have to write it. Right. When you want to ask it, it's right there in your head and you just do, as opposed to thinking about, well, how do I compose this question? So, yeah, voice is certainly having a moment. I like to think that we're having a moment as a part of making that come to fruition. Right. And tangible. I think voice is the hottest thing since sliced bread, and it's multiplying itself, and one of those ways is Alexa. And it's interesting because the training involved with voice is huge. To train mm-hmm. yourself to be a communicator with intention, with feeling, with, with color, that actually takes training to do that. It's not ne- necessarily natural. Right. So when you, for example, when you're studying as a voiceover actor, it may take years before you're able to, um, what I say is to get paid for your, to open up your inner life, Hmm. which is your voice. And it takes years Hmm. of training, of honing in, of also having an observer listen and tweak and, um, and adjust. That's what voiceover, a lot of voiceover is about, is about, because you can't really observe yourself or hear yourself when your voice is coming out of your body, you're always going to have an, a, a witness or an observer giving you 
uh, tweaks and adjustments on your voice just so that you know the message is right or the intention hits mm-hmm. and and it's hard to come it's hard for you the actual person to judge that that's why in some cases the you know the Alexa is so huge because it's kind of an echo of what is going on within ourselves we're going to get into that because yeah, you echo. Right. <laughs> well you you've got a book on it but I, but I want to hold off for, for just one second because I, I do want to talk again about this disruptive moment of, of voice because on the yes. one hand well radio was voice yes but something is happening now and you know Rudy you touched on it a little bit with AI with Alexa I mean is it the technology that is ushering this in like why voice and why, and why now? now yeah yeah well I, I do believe the technology has made it a lot simpler because any and everyone can very easily get the necessary equipment required to sort of have broadcast quality sound mm-hmm. and and be able to mm-hmm. project whatever it is they want to share with the world and, uh, and and to set up scenarios like podcasts where they can interview whoever they're interested in uh, whether it's a very small esoteric community or a broad one that may be small only because you don't have the power of distribution, but is dealing with a very common, uh, you know, subject. By the way, uh, we, had, we had a guest on the show, Debbie Millman. Uh, she's a you know great uh, graphic designer and oh. teacher, and uh, she said that podcasts are the new magazines, which sure. I thought was kind of amazing, you know, because they're so you know, vertical in yeah. a way, you know, they're different passions and stuff. So, and, yeah. and one time Rudy had, was on a show and he said that, uh, uh, social media is the new open letter, the new, mm. uh, oh, yeah. the new cover letter, the new cover like letter. Yeah. 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 I agree. A, yeah. I mean, podcasts are like comic books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> more than magazines in a sense, because, you know, you can really jump around quite a bit with podcasts and, uh, you know, juxtapose the conversation and, and layered ways that doesn't typically happen with the traditional, Radio True. interview, right, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's perceived differently. Yeah, I mean, what we think of as a podcast, why don't we think of it as a radio interview? I don't know. I guess because if like if this was a radio interview, people would be like, "Oh, that's so 1981." Right, <laughs> but because right. it's a podcast, well, right. it's very 2018. Yeah, right, exactly. It's very 2018, and also very specific. I think. Yeah, and and I also think that in podcast, you're really able to unleash yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. In a way that you might not be able to on radio. Yeah. There's now, we've no... been writing for Backstage Magazine, a monthly column. We oh. do it together yeah. for three years, I guess, mm. or so. Going on four. Uh, mm. About voice acting and mm. training and content and, creation. And all yes. the folks who create the work on which voice actors perform, they all get included in the right. community. And, uh, and suddenly, as we're moving through this process month by month, we realize, you know, let's just create this as a podcast because we want to talk about mm. so much more than just what we've been dealing with in terms of voice acting and and, and questions the, that deal with voice acting because right. we're yeah. really responding to those questions but and ironically happened. you're in the voice business yeah mm-hmm. so to write something is almost off brand <laughs> yeah how about that you see yeah, it's true that's a good one so right? it happened yeah. organically and we yeah. found ourselves yeah. talking with the publisher and saying well you know we're writing these things but why don't we just do it as a podcast instead. And yeah. they pushed back a little bit, but then they said, okay, this makes sense to us. So 
in April we'll be doing the first one with oh, cool. uh, with Bob Bergen, the voice of Tweety Bird and Porky Pig. Oh, and, yeah. fantastic! And all the Luke Skywalker. I thought uh, I told Pudding Cat. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and I thought it's called I thought Get I Out There. Cast. So it does. It it has oh, a great. really um, active, mm. you know, actionable name. Get out there. No, it's good. And how yeah. to stay out there. But it comes yeah. back to that the voice is just so much more accessible. Yes. Podcasts have pointed. Uh, to it in a new way. They've sh- they've shined a different kind of light yeah. on the interview that's brought it to life anew. Yeah, I, and and I think I, I've got. Uh, I think there are two big dynamics to kind of the rise of voice, uh, especially with podcasting. Here's my here's my theory. One theory is technology. It's exactly what you guys have been saying that there's more access to it. Yes. And the other theory is commuting. And I think between traffic. And trains, <laughs> you have yes, this this moment where you're kind of willing to. All right, I'm going to listen. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's you know? an opening. It Audiobooks is. are exploding yeah. for the same reason. Yes, it's the new reading. Yeah. Listening yeah. is the new reading. I love that. And and I'll tell you, and and the Voice Arts Awards, one of the biggest categories is audiobooks in terms of submitting work. All right, good. Well, I, yeah. well we're going to get into that in one second. So there's. On this society of, of voice arts and sciences, you have some programs and mm-hmm. you have some workshops and then you've got the Voice Arts Awards, right? Yes. Right. That's yes. right. All right. So, so tell us a little bit about so the, the, what you the got programs going on. for the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences are comprised of a conference which in which we have panels and workshops and, in fact, contests that lead to actual jobs. So that's never right. been done in, in, our, in our field before where right. you actually give people paid jobs to win mm. as opposed to and just... Be, and believe it or not, it's a disruptor. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It truly is a disruptor. Yeah, because there are a lot of agents who are like, well, wait a minute, how did, how did the job get over there? We right. Someone should be calling me for So for you jobs. guys have been disrupting how people get jobs. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, uh, yes. and also focusing the coaches and the teachers, uh, uh, of which there are, are many in the world of voice acting, on ensuring that the people they're teaching are have an exit strategy for work. Mm. Yes. And that that can't just be pie in the sky and, hey, you've learned, good luck, God bless. You have to take some some responsibility for making sure that your students have an exit strategy. Mm. One of the programs within our programs is the audition spotlight where anyone from around the world, and as it turns out, people uh, have <laughs> taken part in this from around the world, even though this, yeah. the network that they're working for if they get the job is U.S.-based, and there are laws and issues there, so those folks outside of the country can't do those gigs. But uh, the job that they win is for a specific network hmm. where there's already voice actors working. So right. there's a disruption right there because everybody who's already working there is like, whoa, who's the new guy and how did he get in here? <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that's uh, that's not something that really happens in the world of television. Huh. That this, right. uh, so this kind of democratizing uh, opportunity in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. we've been doing one a year. This year, there are mm. three. Wow. Yeah. So and then talk to us about the Voice Arts Awards, which you dubbed the uh, Oscars of voiceover. Actually, we didn't, but Good Morning America did. All right. And well, we they're agreed. pretty good. Yeah. We agreed. <laughs> well, it, well, in truth, we slipped it into a press release. They picked it up <laughs> and called it that. So we said, "Fine." <laughs> Method to the madness. No well, problem. Yeah. Actually, the Voice Arts Awards came out of. That's voiceover, and uh, which Rudy, is the conference I was. Which is the conference, and the conference is cons- we consider that a career expo. So the Voice Arts Awards acknowledges voice, and we have also uh, now we've built the platform where it not just acknowledges 
55 categories in voiceover, mm. but that we also take it to the voice of the community, the voice of um, humanitarian, humanitarian, the voice of, you know. Well, well, by the way, I mean, let's let's take a look at this list for one second. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is an A-list list of winners. Yeah. So Barack Obama, I've heard of him. Uh, <laughs> William Shatner, right. James Earl Jones, yes. Nancy Cartwright, for that's all you right. Simpson fans, that's yes. the voice of Bart. Yes. Ken Burns, obviously kind of really, um, <gasps> you know, showing the power of voice against image, you know, when you think about, yes. uh, you know, the documentaries. Yes, Amazing. and he is actually prolific around communication and storytelling and also voice. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, yeah. and the guy underneath him, Keith David, who's one of my all-time favorite oh, voices. Really? Oh, is that right? Really? Been wanting to work with this guy forever. Really? Uh, he'd he'd love to hear that. Yeah. No, he's amazing. He's, he's really he good. But, but I mean, these are some amazing people that uh, you have winning this award. And, and, you know, in the advertising business, you know, there is no award show that we will not fall in love with. So it's good <laughs> to know for our, our, love, yes. our creative folks who listen to the show that there's one more thing to enter. Well, the yeah. interesting thing is that Rudy and I have learned so much in our partnership, but mm. also we've learned so much in our pursuits because Rudy and I are the ones that pursue the people. And so not only do we, we create the, the, that's voiceover, which is going to be in its ninth year this mm. year. And the Voice Arts Awards is celebrating its fifth. This all started from a book that I wrote called Secrets of Voiceover Success that Rudy helped me collaborate on. The proceeds go to Alzheimer's. So our events, too, um, we also donate ticket sales as well as our services to, in some cases, Alzheimer's. But now we've partnered with the Muhammad Ali Center. Mm. So there's a higher calling yes. involved here. And yes. part of that is why these luminaries that you just named and others, mm-hmm. uh, I think, show up mm. to to receive these awards because it's not just the entertainment and the marketing that right. folks do, are doing. It's like, what is your voice doing in the world? What, mm-hmm. are you, yes. what are you doing to try to channel some good for others? And, and, and maybe talk a little bit about why Muhammad Ali. I mean, talk about a guy with, you know, a voice and a point of view and you know, the way he performed his uh, his stuff, you know, yeah. float like a butterfly, sting like yes. a bee. Yes, talk mean, about a holistic voice, an authentic voice in the world. I mean, he really was the original. Yeah. And that's what struck us. I mean, both Rudy and I, we've always loved Muhammad Ali and as, as a symbol of many things. But if you peel back all the onion layers, it really is about his voice in yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. So we, we <clears throat> pursued them. But why Muhammad Ali? At some point when you're creating a project like this, which is pretty mammoth, you're you're just sitting around the table trying to determine what makes it work. Where do do you put the furniture? Is there there a a lamp missing? And you're you're trying to find out what are the pieces that work. And uh, and one of the things we were looking at is who are the voices out there? Mm. Who are the unique voices out there Mm. that will help us tell our story that voice is important, that voice yes, is significant. voice has impact. Mm. And so that's brainstorming. And Muhammad yeah. Ali's name hit the table and we all went, whoa, whoa. where is he? Call him. And this is before he passed away. We so, were able to connect with So with he Muhammad signed off on his, this and his wife. before he passed away, wow. which is what makes it, I think, so special, yeah. too. Right? And he signed off on Obama. He wanted Obama to be the first yeah. <laughs> yeah. to win that particular award, which is named after Ali, the Muhammad Ali Humanitarian voice, Honor. Voice of Humanity Honor, mm. right? Yeah. 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 It's a lofty, beautiful name, too. And also, Rudy and I sought out a renowned sculptor who created a bus mm. in the image of Muhammad Ali. And, of course, the process... Um, 
we got to witness the process in, in, in his studio in Connecticut, but also Lonnie was part of the process too mm. in terms of tweaking. And so yeah. it, it, it became all started a community from a lump project. of clay. Yeah, by, well, by the way, you can't minimize uh, the value of a cool trophy. No, yeah. you, you're right. You're, <laughs> and this you is a beautiful bronze bust yeah. in Muhammad's likeness, yeah, cool. which yes. was also a hurdle to, uh, to overcome because of his faith. Uh, his Muslim oh. faith, yeah. there were some issues about honoring uh, idols or objects and things wow, like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but as it turned out, we were able to, we were able to, to skirt through. that issue that oh, we're not going to be honoring the statue. <laughs> we're not going to be paying By the way, we'll be worshiping the this statue. Is the, this is the beauty of religion. There's always a loophole. Yeah, uh-huh. right, right. Exactly, Rob. So exactly. voice has impact. I, I like that line. Uh, again, staying in kind of the, the currency of voice, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Chase Bank just hired an agency for voice to actually try to help them uh, articulate what their voice should sound like uh, and 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 how should that voice um, you know show up in the world yes. and you know we're working with brands and and voice is in the conversation now it is and, it is uh, literally a household word now that yeah. must be because of what we're doing <laughs> well yeah, i think I, I guess my, i guess my uh, you know apart from being an observation i guess my question to you guys is you know, how would you have brands be thinking about voice? Like what should, you know, if you're mm. a car company, you're mm-hmm. Nissan or you're, mm-hmm. you know, Adidas. Well, the, the through line to the actual voice in the booth, at some point you're bringing up a human being to come and uh, uh, convey the message behind your product. But that voice begins with your creative directors. And when you're in those conceptual meetings mm. and you're figuring out this brand, uh, you probably often sit down and say, what kind of car does this particular product drive if mm-hmm. we were to drive a car? Is this product female or male? Mm-hmm. Does it have children? Right. What is its age? You start mm-hmm. looking at all of these sort of human aspects of the loaf of bread or the right. toy or right. whatever the, the product might be. So that voice starts happening right there, and you start hearing something in your head about whether it's male or female uh, or rough and gruff or soft and uh, and sweet and so on. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff trickles down at some point to a little description on a script That's mm-hmm. right. that you hand to a casting director to find that male or female who's to going to embody it. To breathe life into it. it. So is there any brand, uh, I've got my favorite, I'm going to hold back. Do you, uh, do you think there's a brand out there that's really getting voice right? Arby's. That was, that's what I was going to say. That's I was gonna say, too. Were you really? Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Uh, it's written <laughs> It's written out, yes, Arby's. Right? King Rames. Yeah. He was a good friend. How he was funny. in school with Keith David. They that's both right. went to Juilliard together. To this, yeah, at the oh, same time. Okay, no wonder. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I'm barking up but the right tree. But that's funny. Yeah. We're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Arby's, because uh, what, what I love about it, uh, first of all, it's inimitably them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yes. as it, you know, the, the, the recovering creative director in me looks at the work and goes, if I pulled Ving Rames out, I wouldn't have a campaign. No. It's so wow. intrinsic to the idea. And, and I, I think not enough brands are thinking sonically, you know, mm-hmm. are thinking about the what we hear about the brand. You know, we're always obsessing over what we show. The visual. Yeah. Right. The visual. Right. And again, right. I think voice is having this moment where it really is. it's breaking through. Yeah. And if creative directors are recognizing that, that's going to be humongous. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about television advertising, you're not always looking at the screen, first of all. Yeah. In fact, that's now, true. the commercial's coming yeah. on, and so, oh, I may as well go to my mm-hmm. phone, or I'll go make some tea, whatever the case is. So what you're hearing becomes critical. Yeah. 
That's so if right. you're just thinking, oh, this is going to be a beautiful spot with extraordinary music, as long as people just stay with it, yeah. they're going to get the message. Yeah, but yeah, guess what? You got three seconds. Going to so, look at it. you know, so, it's going to your your beautiful spot's going to appear on my phone, mm-hmm. and you basically have three seconds before my thumb finds the next thing. Yeah, but I think the the incredible thing about voice is especially as voice actors, we're always trying to find ways to really break through mm. and to break through the kind of clutter with our voices, with, with you know, tapping into certain aspects of ourselves that can really bring out voice. And I think Ving Rhames yeah. is a great example of that yeah. because it's not just humor. It's like there's something about the way he reads. Yeah. And probably that, some smart creative director was in there that gave him the that, freedom that, mm. yeah. to go there. Yes. Or just got out of the yeah. way. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Bingo's like, I'm going to read it this way. Yeah. Yeah, Duluth, exactly. Duluth trading is another exactly. one that kind of yeah. really gets out there from a, from a sonic standpoint. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, is there, have you guys, and I don't know, I'm throwing it out there because there's science in your name. You may not you know, have anything uh-huh. on this, but I mean, is there any science on this? Is there, have you guys been, I don't know, has there been any studies that you've been inspired by or you used to, you know, well, there, drive there through? Is, there is some science that is, that is being done uh, related to the quality of the voice, whether the voice mm-hmm. is male or female, mm-hmm. uh, what kinds of stressors in life cause the voice to go up and down and mm. what, what is meant by that. And some of that stuff, I think for the most part, the, the key thing that I've taken away from that research is that women's voices are preferred as much as male voices, mm. while the industry's inertia continues to say, oh, it's got to be a guy because it, right. it rumbles. Yeah. Uh, and, right. And we got to have that. Pretty much on every level. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, you know, in this right. moment in time, I think things are changing. I think it's changing, mm-hmm. too. And with even the, the woman's movement. Yeah, you know, is is having an impact on voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and having right. producers stop and think twice before That's they right. they just do what comes natural and say, well, wait a minute, I need to do the work of thinking this through, and why not a female voice for this project? Well, I think ir- ironically, the three best scratch voices that we use in the agency are all women. So really, uh, in fact, one of them That's is uh, on the tail end of our uh, uh, of our podcast. Uh, she does everything for us, Sophia. Well, eight years of our talent spotlight, the audition spotlight that we do at our career expo, seven out of those eight have been women. Have been women. Yeah. And, those, and those, that's always for promos, mm. which has always which been is in always television, been, a male-dominated right? area. Mm. But the way we also set that up is, and I love this, that it doesn't matter what gender, it doesn't matter the, you know, um, the, age, the age range of the voice, it's really who brings the copy to life mm-hmm. in a way that has impact. Wait, right. we still need writers? <laughs> <laughs> Can't the robot overlords the put robot. the right direction <laughs> we in love the copies? <laughs> the other aspect of the science is the technology. Yeah. Yes. So, you that's know, the other people half. like Sennheiser mm. uh, and Neumann, they do extraordinary work in, in the area of just sort of looking deeper and deeper into, uh, you know, finding excellence. Mm. I mean, yeah. they actually use white gloves when they're building those microphones. Mm. Seriously. Yeah, it's one of those clean, everything's happening in those clean rooms because of all those transistors and stuff. In Germany. But that's the other (laughs) part. You know, a clean room in Germany, that's really clean. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We're going to start with spotless at the base. (laughs) A a garden in the backyard is like, whoa, what what happened there? Right. I would think, too, you know, and again, this this is just something when I was reading your material and, you know, and finding out about you guys, something now in a world obsessed with data. You know, it would be interesting to commission some study on some aspect of the power of voice, but to show somebody with the data. Because I think mm, I think a yes. lot of, um, 
you know, a lot of us sort of feel it intuitively, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of brands now are demanding data on everything. And there might be something powerful. There. Yeah. And plus, if you got Germans on the case, there's going to be data. <laughs> I'm there. Uh-huh. I, I would love to do that. I mean, who Nielsen? Pull yeah. Nielsen into the to the mix. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who's the best. Yeah, I don't know who's the best for you guys. But uh, it just seems like um, there's something in in our wiring mm-hmm. as human beings between brain and ear and synapses and hormones between yes. dopamine, all that <laughs> chemical stuff. That happens to us as humans because when you think about the power of music, oh, is boy. something you hear. You know, it's, yes. So much of it is physical, yes. and I'm just wondering if there's something in voice that, you know, See, is akin to that. I, I love mm-hmm. that you brought up music because I think music and voice. I think there's a lot of similarities, but mm. one of the powerful similarities is music does something to you. Right. Well, you don't have to work hard to make music happen for you. Right. And I think a powerful voice does the same thing. It actually does something to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That that goes past the average. But music and voice to me is is there is something very similar there in terms of the power. Well, I think it goes back to uh, what you guys were saying about storytelling and like, hey, we need writers. You know, we still need yeah. some you know, the the voice can only say certain things, you know, unless it's out there, you know, it's, it's, it's part of some sort of, whether it's written or it's a structure, you know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking um, of the moth, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this, this whole phenomenon of yeah. people telling stories, stories at moth. And what is moth? It's a human being on a stage with a microphone with a voice. Mm-hmm. Yes. So something is yes. happening in the world. Obviously, you guys are doing a lot of work for it. You're, you've got a very interesting, uh, you know, you know, business here. But there's a dynamic happening where people are sharing stories. Yeah, yeah. they are. The moth is fantastic, and that style of storytelling is, is really is hot, unique. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. and it's, it's invigorating. And they're true yeah. stories. Yeah. They're telling true stories before a live audience. Uh, so it's not pre-recorded. It's uh, it's not uh, it's and not it's, fiction. Also, Best, it's spontaneous. Uh, There's something spontaneous in it too. It feels that way. Yeah, yeah. I think because we know people that are mm. that are in the moth, and a lot of it is improv and spontaneity, and that also creates an impact on the voice. Right. That when somehow when it's when it's rehearsed, it loses its spontaneity, and right. I think that's what makes it incredible. Even kids, when you think about kids, they're connected to their diaphragms. Mm. Your diaphragm, what sits behind it, or your especially solar in high plexus. school. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. No, you meant the but, other diaphragm. Yeah, I meant the yes. other diaphragm. Exactly. And what sits behind that is the solar plexus. The solar plexus is where your spontaneous emotion lives. So, in in terms of even in a voiceover scenario. Uh, breathing is very important to to the sound of your voice and mm-hmm. and to expressing your thoughts, and I think the reason why we're fascinated with kids is because they're able to go from one emotion to the mm. next because they're still connected to their solar plexus. Mm-hmm. It's also where we dream, why we dream at night, because when you sleep, you're in your diaphragm, you can't <clears throat> cheat. Mm. It, you know, gravity is such that you're. All right, you're in your hold diaphragm. on. You're you're in very deep. So so you've written yes. this interesting book. Secrets of voiceover success. So yeah. maybe you can share one or two secrets with us. Ah, well, the breath is one of them. 
connecting to your breath diaphragmatically is one of them. I will say the the interesting thing about Secrets of Voiceover Success, too, it was a disruptor in the sense that, and again, I wasn't planning on disrupting anything. It just mm. so happened. Not until it, we called you about the that's show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> then I said, realized oh all the different things had been disrupted that I've done. I want a disruptor t-shirt now. But, um, exactly. But... But Secrets of Voiceover Success actually came from the fact that my father had passed away from Alzheimer's. So Mm. the book is actually dedicated to people that um, have Alzheimer's or have passed away from Alzheimer's. And we, who spend all of our time focusing on communication and voice, are giving homage to people that have lost that ability. Mm. And that's one of the effects of Alzheimer's. Mm. So at that time, that was very new. I also have in the book that aspect, the Alzheimer's aspect in the book as well. At the end of everyone's chapter, I ask everyone what they would do if they lost the ability to speak Mm. and how they would like their voice to be remembered. Oh, okay. That's deep. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that to me is what is very special and unique about the book. And you get all kinds of answers. Some folks took it literally, my voice, how I want people to remember it. Some took it on a much bigger plane. Well, what was, what was, what were some surprising things you heard? Um, one surprising thing I heard was that uh, one of the voice actors said that if he actually if he lost his the the his arms because when he speaks he does a lot of movement with his body. He said if he actually lost his arms he would lose his voice completely. Mm. And I don't, I, I don't necessarily remember how he wanted his voice to be remembered, but I remember him saying that he would be lost if he did not have his arms to support his voice. Mm. And he has a spectacular voice actor. Absolutely extraordinary. He could have done it armless. He could, <laughs> he's saying he couldn't, but he, you know, and so, but you get these interesting, extraordinary tapestry of answers Mm -hmm. to unexpected questions that were asked in the book. Now, in the book, you don't necessarily know that I'm asking people questions because it's written as a narrative. Mm. But it's all based on question and answer, although you only hear the stories, the story as a narrative. That's sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's because I knew, you know, not everyone's a writer. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yet I wanted... The, the the blueprint of everyone's voice. Yeah. And I knew that it would be a really powerful learning tool because at the time my book first came out, there really was no book that encompassed a holistic view of voiceover. It right. was always written by one person in mm. their point of view. This is 21 people. So no matter who reads the book, you end up resonating at least with two or three people's stories in terms of being inspired being inspired by by um, getting your voice out there, mm. the journeys that everyone took. There is no one journey that goes, okay, that's how you do it. Interesting. You realize it's a patchwork of things that come together that create your voice in the voiceover world. And do you think that, you know, anybody can do this? I mean, did you find that? Because I know some people are like, oh, I hate the sound of my voice, <laughs> you know. But uh-huh. right. in you some ways. You definitely have to have a knack. You think so? I mean, on one hand, you need all the voices right. to make up right. a world. Just like you, know, right. you see every possible configuration of human being when you right. watch a movie. That's right. very Because you true. need all the characters mm. to make a real world. That's very true. But when it comes down to operating in front of the microphone, a lot of things change. Mm. So if, if someone were to walk in here and say something to us, uh, I don't know, give us a, a one-minute diatribe, and we 
uh, wrote that all down and said, okay, repeat it again in front of the microphone just the way you said it when you walked into this room. They couldn't do it. It wouldn't be able to do they that. They couldn't do it. There's a because huge it's, difference. Because it's voice you're... acting. I mean, it's two components. Yes, that's yes. right. It's voice acting. And it becomes exactly. a whole different kind of trick when you're lifting words off the page, especially when they're not your words. Right. right. But it, come, it shows up even when they are your but words. But it has to sound like... You right here, right now, as mm-hmm. if it is. And you've got a writer and a creative director or something like that who already has a vision right. in place. And some of that's got to come through, even though you might add something that, that wakes them up to a new possibility. You've got to at least land. And, and did you guys go to acting school at all? Did yes. You? Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I was a, a child actor in San Francisco. And, um, but I started taking acting and dancing at a very young age. But I ended up getting an agent. And um, I was in the Marin Shakespeare Festival, and somehow I went through the yellow pages and called up all the television networks, and finally they said to me, oh, I think you want the Brebner Agency. And at the time, it was the top Mm. agency, and I called them. I got an appointment. I went with my girlfriend. She didn't get in, and I did. So, um, so but began. but she was fine. I I was like was out she? of my mind. Love yes, she hate, was. Love hate relationship. No, was no, she? no. She was fine because she didn't have dreams of being an actor. I did. So I went on to do a kid show. I went on to do some movies, and then I decided that I wanted to study, and that brought me to New York City. And I came here at nineteen, and I got on scholarship at Alvin Ailey. That was five classes a day, five days a week. Mm. That did not include in nighttime work. Wow. So yeah, it, it was it was like boot camp. It was mm. like I was in the army. I, I came yeah. from the other side of the microphone. Yes. I, mean, I went to NYU to study directing and, and film and television. And though we did have to, as a directing student, you have to study acting. So mm. I did several years of acting as well, uh, which trained you to work with actors, right. which is great. Uh, and and I continued doing classes in acting even after uh, school. But once I started writing copy for uh, television networks. My favorite thing was when the voice actors would show up because I wasn't on the set playing Scorsese. I was in a TV right, studio right. writing copy, but it all would come back when the actors would show up. So now we can have some fun. That's how we and met the, actually in a booth. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Joan, we yeah. met. Joan was yeah. actually the voice actor on one of the spots I was working on. Well, I had a brief stint in Hollywood. and um, Really? The most amazing moment was when you do the table read. It's really the most powerful thing because the um, I found the writing process hard. You know, there's a mm. lot of voices, and then the showrunners kind of come in and say, like, "Give me that," and they yes. sort of you know move your stuff around. But all that said, when the actors sat around the table and the script was in front of them, and they read, I literally like the first four you know, sentences from the script, you know, I looked at my partner and we're like, oh, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It is amazing. It's like, it's like hitting a golf ball perfectly. That's why I love rehearsals. And this isn't even the finished product. I know. It's like coming to life like, well, this could be. That to me is the best part is the behind the scenes, the rehearsals, the the Mm -hmm. process. To me, that's what I'm passionate about. And again, that reflects in in Secrets of VoiceOver Mm. Success because it's about the behind the scenes. That's VoiceOver reveals behind the scenes. And the Voice Arts Awards is the common of what behind the scenes looks like on stage getting acknowledged. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So for, for the voice art specifically, what, what yes. was, when's the next one? November 18th. Oh, what's Warner c- Brothers Studios. Oh, okay. So yeah. people Burbank, have time. California. Yeah. People have time to enter. As a yeah. matter of fact. Next week uh, we'll open for entries. Yeah. Mm. Yes. yes. And we're doing something new this year, which is including Japanese anime but dubbed in English yeah. uh, because it's going to take a few more steps before we can actually take on the uh, the Japanese anime world because 
speaking. It's huge. It's huge. But you uh, mean speaking and, Japanese. Yeah, and there's yeah. a language barrier. But we're working yeah. with the uh, Society cool. for the Preservation of Japanese Animation wow. out, yeah. of L- out of L.A. And so they're our link to the language wow. and to the English dubbing side of it, of which there's a lot of work. And is there like a best podcast by an ad agency category? Not no. by an ad agency, but, but yes, but there, there is, is a best, best podcast. podcast. Yes. Yes. I, well, I'm not going to be able to compete with, you know, Pod Save America and all these other. Hey, Rob, you never Rob, know who's Rob, going Rob, to enter. You can compete. Your voice is amazing. Oh, look at that. <laughs> but by the, the way, disruptor so, series. But, yes. but 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 the proliferation of podcasts, you know, and this, you know, Gimlet Media. Yes. All this stuff. I, mean, I think you guys have a, you know, a big monster revenue stream on your hands if uh, you know get these guys interested. That would be wonderful. That, that would be great. Monster revenue is uh, yeah. two yeah. wonderful yeah. Well, words. That's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> to do this. In life. Yeah, yeah. in life. In exactly. Life. Exactly. Excellent. So we covered a little bit of your journey. So you came up through uh, acting and you were a dancer. And, dancer, and then yeah. you were a crave director, director, yeah. and Producer all that guy. stuff. Yeah. What's funny is we both moved to New York when we were teenagers. Uh, we didn't meet until 1994. Hmm. Rudy hitchhiked here from Washington, D.C., and I came on a one-way ticket, $69. And we finally met through ABC News, and um, I almost missed the job. So uh, somehow, some fate, sort of fate. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I like you know I like your strategy of uh, one way ticket. It's, the, it's it's what I call you know burn the ships mm. mentality. You know you, uh-huh. you you go out and search for new land. Yes. You find a new land, and you know what? We're yes. going to burn the ships because we're going to stay here. <laughs> yes. The Vikings never got that. Yeah. They were like, we're going to go here, then we're going to go back to Stockholm. I, yes, I love that. But burn I mean, the ships. We, we, yeah. with what we do, we are always. Operating out on the skinny branches. Of yeah, the tree. we say that all. We, I mean, and, we uh, live that all the time. And and it's and it's scary branches. out there sometimes. It is. On, on the on We've the other hand, the positive side, <laughs> that's where all the sunlight is. Yeah, and all, that's where oh, all the new growth is taking place. That's, that's right. right. That's where so, the cool stuff is. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Well, at the the point in the show where um, you have to offer up some advice. Yes. For our listeners, mm-hmm. so uh, you know we have some people who are just starting out. You know, in, in creative businesses, some of it advertising, some of it not. And we also have some veterans, some people, some CMOs who are out there listening. So take your pick if you, one of you wants to do a rising star or you want to help. What should, I mean, what should, let's start with a CMO. What should a CMO be thinking about when it comes to voice? I think the CMO, for one, should be thinking about the voice, the process for the voice actor, what it takes to help that person deliver what they're looking for for their product, that it is, it's a dance between the CMO or between the Mm. creative director and the actor. And it's not always easy to find the magic spot, but if you create an environment where magic can happen, Mm. then there's a likelihood that it's going to take, you know, it's going to take Like, for example, I heard from um, uh, Motel 6 that Tom Baudet, uh, at one of the, you know, on one of the reads, at the end of the read, it wasn't written, but at the end, this is this is what the lore is. This is what the mythology is. At the end of the read, he said, "Yep, yeah, we'll leave the light on for you." Love it. And you think really? about how that That's line brilliant. has brilliant. driven, yes, you know that That's brand. That's because it's it happens voice. spontaneous, yeah. right? And I'm listening. I think, oh, that was that was brilliant writing. <laughs> now, might have been the, the guys in the Riches Group maybe uh, write into me. You know, Rob. By the way, we wrote that line. But either way, I think your point. Of leave room for magic. Yes. I think that's really good. Yes. And I would say to the rising star, I would say that it, a- it actually takes being unstoppable. 
And I would do whatever resistance is, is in front of your voice. I would do what it takes to let the veil down because in the world of performing arts, creativity, you have to be unstoppable if you put all the dots together. Otherwise, and live on the skinny branches, but being unstoppable to me is the number one thing that needs to occur. And whatever is in the way of that is what I would be addressing. All right, well, hang on, because I think you're onto something. So maybe I can pull something something more out of you because you've done this. At a certain, I think you hit on it that people feel inhibited Yes. In some way. They feel something is a constraint or it's holding them back. Are there any secrets to break through that wall, whatever's holding you back, and maybe specifically on voice? Maybe there's something, as you say, diaphragmatically. I like that word you mm-hmm. used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there something, like, what helped you break through? Because something must have, I mean. It's, it's that special teacher. A lot mm. of times with voice acting. Most of the training is one-on-one training. Mm, yeah. And, and it's that special treat teacher. I mean, Joan is one of those special teachers who has that intuition and that ability to connect almost therapeutically with her students so that she digs in and finds those kinds of blocks that she's talking about. Jedi voice. Uh, yeah. Yes. Because it's person. not, it's not yes. going to be, it, you know, acting is definitely going to make a difference. Yet... Not every actor is going to make a great voiceover person. Hmm. So it really has to do with you as the human being. And if you're inhibited or you're cringing in any way about yourself or about Hmm. what you're doing or how you're pursuing it, it's not going to happen. That's why, to me, the beauty of it is to find out what really, truly makes you tick. Mm-hmm. And you know what? What makes you tick may not be totally 100% positive. But whatever makes you tick and embracing that is going to lessen inhibitions. Mm. And again, that the line you talked about, uh, leave the light on, mm. that spontaneous, intuitive connection yeah. is what it's all about. So that you can be unstoppable. <clears throat> nice. All right, Rudy, Joan. Rob. Liking this <laughs> disruptors, really All liking disruptors this out there. This society of voice arts and sciences, and uh, yes. I think this voice arts award is really—it's really, it's really it's powerful. Special. It's, it's a cool-looking trophy. Isn't it gorgeous? So Rudy actually um, partnered with R.S. Owens. R.S. Owens created nice. the Oscar, the Emmy, and other awards, and, and then created ours. And created ours with, with a little help. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. Well, and good. Well, I'm really hope, proud of it. I hope people enter the show. They should uh, go to your website and check it out, Voice Arts Awards. And Yeah, uh, it's it's sovas.org or voiceartsorts.org. Sovas, Society Sovas. of Voice Arts, Arts and, and Sciences. Sciences. Yeah. Sovas. And Rob, we hope to see you there disrupting the category of podcast. Yeah, well, among other things, we'll try to enter a bunch yeah, of stuff. That would be yeah, great. that would be wonderful. Yeah. All right, good. Well, thank you so much for doing our thank show. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. All right. Pleasure. Thank Thanks. you. Loved it. You've been listening to the Disruptor Series podcast brought to you by TBWA Shiat Day New York. Craving more disruption? Visit us at tbwashiatny.tumblr.com. <laughs>